you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast thinks duck is the best type of meat out there. Erroneous! Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Whoa! D-G-I-F. <laughs> and I mean it. Yes! I will not... S- you are looking at me as if I'm supposed to say something. Say I have something. nothing to say. One day away from getting on that plane. Have you guys, like, started packing or preparing at all? Uh, No. We are leaving for London tomorrow, and I have a lot of work to do, both uh, from packing but also clerical work that uh, I have to get taken care of right after today's show, and I'll leave it at that. What about you guys? I went out yesterday, um, took a little trip to Rite Aid and also Ralph's to buy an assortment of toiletries mm. to refresh that Dob kit because um, we're going to be gone for a, for a while. Dob kit. Smart. Yeah, we're going to be done like nine days. How about you, Wes? For the first time ever, it was an off day yesterday along with Mark. But nice. I got my beard trimmed professionally for the first time. Wow. <laughs> that is that is good prep. Wow, fancy boy. I got a yeah. haircut, too. I got guys wow. get if you guys can get quaffed upstairs, I can get trimmed down what? on my beard. Yeah, <laughs> tell me more. You about saved the trimming that sentence. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, the, the big trip is coming to London. It's, it's less than 24 hours away. Uh, and as you know, over in the UK, uh, we have a live show on Tuesday that, listen, a little, uh, little, botch, little botch of the uh, time zone. Uh, or was it? Or was it kind of like one of those like cool like you know edgy Radiohead ticket releases? We dropped the tickets at 2 a.m. London time on Wednesday for our limited uh, ticket uh, available live show on Tuesday. Scooped up almost immediately, even though it was the middle of the night. I don't know if people would have viewed um, from that side of the of the pond, if you want to say, viewed that as a edgy Radiohead type maneuver. The <laughs> response was uh, less than. Well, what's the difference though? Either does way, give us some edge. the tickets are going to go quickly, edge. and whoever just happens to see the link when it comes out, right. relatively well, was going to get it. So. 
it's all Greg, we'll, we'll let you whether handle this with all the people. So the pod has sympathetic. I haven't heard response. a word, but I'm glad because you know what? The people that up are up in the middle of the night. Those are our kind of people, and they're going to be That's making true. some noise. I mean, to not have heard a word, though, Greg, you would have had to probably mute or block almost anyone listening to the show that tweeted about it. No one's tweeted, it. tweeted anger about that. Really? But I know You have not seen that? No, I've gotten several. I also I don't. Have, I, I'm also not necessarily have. totally. Greg's on. lying. <laughs> I am. I hundred percent haven't seen it. I'm not totally on top of you know social media and mentions and whatnot all the That's time. That's healthy. But. Um, so yes, uh, we're very excited. Uh, we're also going to be uh, appearing on Sky Sports a bunch, especially on the Sunday uh, of Week One, uh, specifically the Sunday of Week One. Uh, also doing some other fun stuff. And and if you did want to go to that show. Uh, and you could not get tickets, we will be doing some type of uh, meetup after the show. So we'd like to meet as many of you as possible. And probably a second one as well later in the week. Right. Well, we'll see. You guys can go. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to do two. That seems a little silly. This side of the table over here. Tuesday night. Tuesday night, though. Yeah. I'll be with Mark. Yeah. You guys go for it. Do it every night. That sounds good. Uh, (laughs) Today's show is part two. Of our view of, you know, our above the treetops view, to borrow a little corpo parlance, uh, around, the N- around the NFC in 48 minutes. How fun. How fun is that? Uh, and uh, so we have to go through that. And then uh, a little update at the end of the show. I have an, I have an idea, a thought connected to um, Wednesday's show. So we'll get to that. But... Um, uh, Emma, how are you, by the way? I'm doing well, living my best life. <sighs> Drinking another Croix. Is that? Did Croix? you get? Was that cleared with Mark? No, you did not clear that with me at all. You uh, don't have to clear Lacroix with let's me. That op- is cool. Let's operate right, uh, through proper channels here, please. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, on your podcast, you can do whatever you please. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on ours, you follow certain rules. By not speaking, banned words would be, you know, 1A, 1A, 1B, top of the list. Totally apologize. It's a little confusing, though, uh, in your defense, I'm a VP, because Mark has used the banned mm-hmm. words since. Well, you're right. confused. I'm not confused. <laughs> Emma, I, your thoughts? I'm not confused in the least. I'm going to probably keep using it. Mm. Don't let him mansplain keep, keep right. yeah. what's allowed and what's not. I like it. Yeah. You brought it. You probably brought it back into the I, lexicon. You, yeah, you, I actually, if anything, I I'm, you're, I'm getting more of it. I, I started a new Instagram account, and everyone's response to that was "living your best life." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know the rules. Maybe you know the rules. I don't know if you know the rules around the NFC in 48 minutes. Exactly three minutes on each team in the conference. There are four teams in each division. There are four divisions. Four times four is 16. 16 times three is 48. You Nailed have really it. come around as a it's pretty good. very basic mathematician. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Uh, 16 and three? Odd and even number? Let's the, bar, the bar is outrageously low. <laughs> so here we go. There And again, I don't know what the malarkey that was going on here on Monday show. I was out. Greg is in the chair. And all of a sudden, I look, and the show is like an hour and 40 minutes long for a 48-minute exercise. Well, See, we're at six minutes now. Right. You add you add forty eight minutes. That's yes. fifty four. You have some bit in the middle at the end. We had four ad reads, so that's four minutes. We had breaking news with Odo Beckham, so that added. And that's yeah. Where you I would save anything. We're gonna Emma, be over an hour we'll right now. Right. Well, let's watch. The Emma difference. kept a very tight clock on the on on each of the segments. We didn't drift for an extra minute or two on the. It teams. was all good. Let's that's, see the that's difference. The key. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, that's a controversial and it'll be late. combative it'll be, way to set up the it'll show. It'll be shorter because there's, <laughs> no, there's no news that. to start. I'll give you that. And no drops. That's why it's shorter. 
I mean, no, uh, ad Don't reads. be defensive. I think Greg did a good job. Happen, Next yeah. time you're on vacation, as we soar towards right. the regular season, <laughs> yeah. we'll try to do better. Yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't throw stones during your annual vacation in the middle of training camp. Hey, let's schedule that one again this year. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your Monday shifts, guys. <laughs> let's start it off with the NFC West. Let's fly. All right, I'll get it going. The Rams, yes, they've done a masterful job. Uh, both through the draft and in free agency. And, of course, the big news that came out uh, today, Aaron Donald now under contract, as we all thought it would and knew it would happen eventually. He's the highest-paid player, uh, defensive player in the NFL. So you got Donald under contract. Uh, this is a team with a star player at near, nearly every level. Even the punter's a badass. My question to you guys, this is a team ready to win. I look at it, and I see this as a team, including the Eagles, that should be the heavy favorite in the NFC this year. What is the Achilles heel, potentially, that I'm missing? Because I don't see it. Well, the easy one right away is an injury to Jared Goff. Just Take injuries out of it. Pass rusher. They're off it. Their outside linebackers are among the, the worst position group in the NFL. We talked about the Jets not having any edge rushers. The, the Rams do not have any edge rushers to the point that they moved a guy in Dominic Easley that was a defensive tackle for some of his career out to the edge because they're just trying to find someone. They're constructing a defense in a very unique way. These huge, great guys up front in Donald, Sue, and Brockers who are dominant, a dominant secondary, and then that linebacker group. Maybe they don't need great edge rushers, but that's one. It does feel like some of the havoc they can create against the quarterback come right up the middle of the defense but this is a little more vague than just a position group, but the natural, the way that the NFL works, that what they achieved on offense last year, if the expectation is that they're just going to go out and roll through teams scoring that many points again, just year to year with the way offenses and defenses flow, there's bound to be a step, a step back on that level. I they're not going to achieve to that level again, and that may, they have to adjust to that too. McVay's an asterisk there, though. We think he is right now, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is, but, but typically, no matter what, when you have these peak seasons, you have to but expect a little normal. They weren't a peak offense. I mean, they did so much better than they had the year before, but they weren't a top-five offense in the NFL. They have a lot of room to improve. You know, like They can be better, I think. The offensive line, though, would be what I would be worried about. Yeah, my about. point about injuries, that's fair to say take yeah. it out, but – the greater point is depth is an issue, especially a backup quarterback, backup left tackle, and if Aaron Donald gets down, there's zero pass in rush. G- in general, their their line, I think, could be problematic. They also got, I saw in football outsiders, I think 40 extra points out of their special teams just in terms of value than any other team in the NFL. Can they be Bones! that dominant on special teams Bones. year after year? Hmm. Uh, and if the Sean, you know, many times when a team has kind of a historic offensive year, the offensive coordinator then gets poached, but – to Wes's point, you still got the same man behind the uh, the control panel. So I, I, th- are they going to average thirty points again this year? Maybe, maybe not. But I don't think they'll take. They're going to drop off. And Ten, I think there's just so many nine, stars on this team. Eight, seven, I just think this six, is the year for the Rams. Should be better. Four, That's where they can be better. Three, the rest of the conference two, is tough too. One. We get it. You know, dudes' names. Enough. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Mark Sessler. I think Seattle, we've been gauging this team's all the movements. It's the reverse Rams, where the Rams are stockpiling and adding all these names to create what looks like an all-star team. Seattle dispensed with all the household names, and you've got John Schneider and Pete Carroll left overseeing a roster that I think to many Seahawks fans feels entirely unfamiliar. To me, all these teams right now are interesting because we don't know what direction so many will go in. The Seahawks really legitimately – 
I'm more interested in this team than I was in the team last year or the year before because you kind of knew what was going to happen with those guys. But what is because this is a rebuild? But that what is the patience level of that fan base? I, I'm not sure it's high. What is a successful season in your eyes for Seattle? Taking into account that they are a much different team, we don't know how much longer Pete Carroll is going to hang around if it isn't um, a positive shift very quickly, if not this year or next. For me, I look and say if they go eight and eight, you'd have to say Seattle escaped total disaster, and there's still room to grow. Mm. They still have some pieces. I don't best see, case scenario for you is eight and eight. Not that's a successful season with all the removal of pieces. And they, they still have stars here, here and there on the roster, but I don't see them as a playoff team in this conference, the way the conference is stacked right now. I think that's fair. Eight and eight seems like it would be a decent season, successful. And then if guys who are exciting to watch, even the punter, they might have the most exciting punter in the league and Michael Dixon. <laughs> so if guys like that emerge for the team to kind of like, or for the fans, the 12s to get behind, and believe me, the 12s are already getting behind Michael Dixon. Oh, Michael Dixon, way. yeah, on, on the broadcast, the aforementioned broadcast, Mina Kimes is pumping up Michael Dixon as a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. What, Where does he get it, in offense or defense? Chris Carson, mm-hmm. David Moore. Like, they've got some exciting guys. I think they can be a playoff team. This organization's been too great this decade to think anything less, at least in terms of that's what their goal is. Maybe not a great playoff team, but if you've got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and enough of these pieces, can you win 10 games? I think you can. All I'd say in the NFC, if they're a playoff team, that's a very disappointing outcome for a couple other of these teams that we've ticketed for the playoffs. That's that's how it goes. They still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have one of the best home field advantages in the league. Uh, they still have pieces. I, I know that they're they're not the same on defense anymore, and I know Earl Thomas is just floating out there. What's going on with Earl Thomas? Maybe he is playing with the team this year, but who knows? Uh, so would it shock me if they got to 10 wins? Not at all, and does, if that can get them playoff. I think they're probably a nine-win team, though, and it, that probably is not enough in the NFC. Probably not. The line, the offensive line, for what it's worth, played well in the preseason. They, ch- you know, It's a totally different scheme, and the hope is getting rid of Cable makes them better. He like Russell Wilson sounded. You hate Tom Cable. So he much. sounded so surprised though. <laughs> After the third preseason game, he's like, "I had all day back there. That was amazing. Like that's never happened yeah. before. It's only the preseason." They're also right, asking for what it's worth. It could be worth eight, nothing. Yeah, we have seven, no idea what it's worth. Bob six, Wiley or five, uh, Tom Cable? Four. Oh, Wiley and Hartley. Three, two. Fun guy. One. Whoa, oh, bros! You like sports? Real original. Next. Whoa. <laughs> Seahawks. I'm uh, excuse me, Cardinals. Greg. All right, I got. You know, these teams assigned, and, and I try to write down one thing for each one of these teams to, to talk about, all 16. This was the hardest one to come up with one thing to talk about. I think that's where the Cardinals are at right now. They're a forgettable team. They've Ouch. had more transition than just about anyone. They could be terrible, and it wouldn't surprise me. They could be average, and it wouldn't surprise me. But I think the one thing that was missed in the Bruce Arians era was defense was his sneaky uh way to to having a great career there as a coach. They were a top seven defense every year in Bruce Arians' run. So for all the attention that Bruce Arians got, the coordinators that he had on defense and the production that they had, that's what kept them afloat. That's what had them winning eight games last year when really they had no business winning eight games. And they've had a ton of turnover the last two years on that defensive side. They've changed schemes really dramatically in terms of going from man-to-man to zone and then on offense, probably from aggressive to very conservative. So with all of this change, I think it's fair that they go into this season with about as low expectations as maybe any team in the NFC. And that's that's not the worst place to be for a first-year head coach. They, and the first-year quarterback. 
They are, to put that in perspective, they are replacing about 95% of their carries and pass attempts from last year, which is the second most, I believe, in the last 20 years, according to Football Outsiders mm-hmm. Almanac, behind the 2002 Ravens. Well, well the carries the is defense, a good thing. Yeah, the carries is a positive, right? And the defense has about as much turnover as any defense has had in a while. They're not big names beyond the Honey Badger. But guys like Carlos Dansby and Frosty Rucker and Josh Morrow, all these guys were playing heavy snaps. I mean, I think getting David Johnson back is a godsend for whether it's Sam Bradford for however long or Josh Rosen. The thing that throughout the preseason concerned me, because it was hard to get a gauge on Josh Rosen. He did a lot of things really well, and you can see this guy is going to be a good quarterback. But the offensive line had him running for his life. This is a bad offensive line, and you've got a quarterback that – Sam Bradford is like a, st- a, 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 a pillar back there if he's not protected well. A pillar so, like he's a rock and someone you could build around? No, or like I'd say more like, Ken, like Carson Palmer in some of his earlier Cardinals runs where he was the opposite of mobile. stationary. Right. right. How quickly will Rosen be forced to go in there if this offensive well, line is slaughtering take, the quarterback? To take the positive outlook if you're a Cardinals fan with Bradford, and I, I kind of hate when other people do this, but I will do this, is that in one game last year before the knee acted up, Brad <laughs> Bradford kind of played out of his mind. So maybe Sam Bradford could still sling it, and maybe he does stay healthy. But with a bad offensive line, that's highly his, unlikely. His best two seasons are his previous two seasons before that one game. So, you know, Wesseling, you were talking him up. I think he's a good – I think he's he could have, if he was healthy, a decent second back oh, half yeah. of his career like Carson Palmer. Uh, this is no shot at anyone in particular, but when Six, we rebuild this studio, five, we should have a four, monument to Sam Bradford's three, first game of the two. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> this is Colleen Wolf, and I endorse that statement. Now move on. Wow. San Francisco 49ers, Chris Wesley. Kyle Shanahan said after the season, you want people to feel good about a 6-10 and 10 season? Start 0-9. And, and as, as great as we feel about this offense – their close in December really masked how bad their defense is. When you're talking about a the transformation from a 3-4 to a 4-3 that just hasn't taken yet. It hasn't paid any dividends. And sometimes these transitions, depending on the personnel that's already on the roster, they go fluidly. Like Wade Phillips often has success. Mm. This one has gone poorly despite drafting defensive linemen three straight years in the first round, 2015, 16, and 17. Elvis Doomerville, who is now retired, led this defense in sacks last year. 6.5. They don't get after the passer despite all that talent on the defensive line, and they really struggle mm. to guard outside wide receivers. You hope Richard Sherman helps that. But this defense, as high as we are on the 49ers and Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan, the defense could be among the worst in the NFC. Reminds me of Mike Shanahan, just that – for year after year, he essentially had personnel control in Denver. He could never figure out a way to build a, a good defense for much of that Denver run. You, you hope that's not what happens to Kyle Shanahan. But right now, you're right. On paper, it's a below-average defense. But, I mean, the thing is they have poured resources in, as you mentioned. And you look at you look at just the names, like Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Jaquiski Tart, I mean, Solomon Thomas. There's names here, but some re- it did not mesh last year. And it puts a lot of pressure suddenly because I think the one thing here is everyone at that six games ended the season and gave them a great vibe and they were the sexiest team of the offseason. But now everyone's going to be disappointed if Jimmy G doesn't roll out and knock out teams the same way over the first six weeks of this season. And it doesn't help and your defense is probably putting you in a hole each week. I think they're going to be similar to the Seahawks where I think they'll be competitive. I think they maybe could sneak out nine wins. 
But for the reasons Wes said, the defense isn't ready, and the offense, we're expecting it to, them to take a huge leap with Jimmy G. The Jared McKinnon thing is a little bit of a bummer, too. Like, he has basically been taken out of the equation, ramping up to the, uh, the season. What will that mean for the offense out of the gate? I wonder if this is a team that potentially can get off to a slow start. Yeah, the personnel on paper doesn't look even that good on offense. You're just kind of counting on Kyle Shanahan to be incredible. And Jimmy Garoppolo, at this point, seems like a perfect human. Like, he shouldn't play anymore. Has any quarterback ever, like, seemed more, like, limitless and perfect than Jimmy Garoppolo yes. after last season? Like it's Andrew Luck's rookie year. RG3 sure. was pretty yeah. – You're saying, though, like, well, cut, cut bait at that yeah. point yeah. and go into the I'm, sunset. I don't know what you do. Human. I'm just saying, like, right. he's at 100 right now. Like, there's only going down. I just think it's an, it's a it's a kind of a rough place to be if you're Jimmy G where everyone's expectations are so, so sky high. And it's Beats the alternative. <laughs> No, it's Nine, the beats not. I would literally do anything to be Jimmy G. I would do anything. Four, I'd sell out anybody. Three, I'd do anything. Kill people. One. Everything. Wow. <laughs> Wes was really living his best life on that one. <laughs> All offseason, baby. I'll allow that. I don't like All the concept that I'm mansplaining who can use best life. I will allow <laughs> any of our producers to use it, just nobody else. Uh, but before we get <laughs> – Your authority like is that. crumbling. Don't put, don't, put no, me like in that, that. don't put me in that box. Don't put baby in a corner before we move uh, – to the NFC South. Let's stay with the 49ers. A former 49er, Colin Kaepernick, an arbitrator, denied the NFL's request for a summary judgment in Kaepernick's collusion complaint against the league, finding there is enough evidence to allow the case to go to trial. This broke uh, on Thursday afternoon and was met with a big, big hubbub on uh, social media. The football cognoscenti was super fired up about it, saying how the NFL was facing a worst-case scenario, wanting this to go away. Greg, you did a little search, uh, short for research, and you uh, <laughs> okay. said that it is not. Eh, but fair maybe enough. that's not that big a deal. What happened yesterday? Well, I I don't know if I'd go that far. You did some search. My so research, no, that search is not how that thing. root My works. research is Stop entire. Taking search. I'll, I'll let the, li the listeners know. I read, that. I read the Michael McCann article on SI.com. He's a legal expert Fancy who does you. a lot of this stuff. And, I read. And after reading it, <laughs> the repercussions of this decision are complex and vast, and I didn't fully understand them even after reading them. It could be an absolute worst case for, for the NFL, the fact that it's even moving forward is bad news for the owners and could lead to a lot of things. But it's like you don't he, he doesn't know. No one no one is totally sure. It just is something that's like we have to watch. It's not going away. I Dan, guess that's my takeaway. Next time, let's get Wes on the reading okay. assignment because Greg came out of it uh, with very. I think it's results, okay so. to read <laughs> compli decent search. complicated <laughs> topics and, and say, like, actually, we don't really understand this that well. Yeah. Gotcha. But it's not a surprise. It's not going away. It's it's it sounds like it's going to lose. Sounds like he could the win season. the case. Like he right. has a he has a decent chance to win the case. I think but that's, he could lose that the case to me too. though. That to me is it could have been stopped right there, right. right? And it wasn't. So someone who knows the case better at all its in depthness said, "No, this is not going away. It is continuing based on the evidence." What yeah, one thing? A good Check in later. And in theory, it could blow up the whole collective bargaining bargaining agreement. That seems like a real long shot. But the the interesting thing is, in theory, they could settle with Colin Cap. Kaepernick, and Colin Kaepernick does not seem like a man who is going to settle uh, no. at, any, at any point. YOLO, let's move on. The Saints, Mark Sessler. Well, this is this – is, uh, it, maybe it points out the, the exercise, the, some of its strengths and weaknesses, but I had a very similar <laughs> question to what, to what Dan had about the Rams because 
I, I pitched the Saints as a team of ATL, and the more I thought about it, you, you might be right that it's not a fun, fun team because they might be too good. Sean they, Payton's the head coach, too. I like Sean Payton. Yeah. He's good. Actually, see, I talked to Sean Payton at the Combine and told Do him that he was going to win the Super Bowl, and he's like, oh, thanks, man, and then he just kept walking. But it was like, <laughs> all right, that kind of linked me with the Saints in a very vague, non-real way. But anyways, <laughs> my point would be this. It is similar to the Rams because I look at the Saints as a super complete team, and that's not – like there were years when it was, oh, we love the offense, but the defense is going to shipwreck this team year after year. They're going to have to score 35 points a game. They've got pieces on defense now. So it's a similar question to the Rams when it comes to the Achilles heel. Where do you look at the Saints and say, in a rugged NFC, you're going down because of this reason? Front seven. I, 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 maybe it's Didn't just, we come off last season just, loving maybe, that front seven? Maybe it's muscle memory, but I'm not that – like they have six different st- starting middle linebackers that they're just putting at different positions. Uh, they have Cameron Jordan, but the rest of the defensive line, I think it's fair to at least question – uh, and and they were better on defense, but it, they were relying on turnovers. I don't. It's not like they're a difference maker. Maybe it's just seeing them year after year. I don't quite trust them to. Be how great about on defense. how about last year was such a different offense for them and an incredible year for the uh, backfield uh, where you got three thousand yards between uh, Kamara and Ingram. Now Ingram's suspended, and Kamara maybe he'll be able to pick up the slack and be just as good as he was as a rookie, but also. Same thing with the Rams. Are they going to be able to average 30 points a game? Maybe, but maybe not. Uh, can you really expect that same level of production? And then at the quarterback, I don't, I'm out of this game because who, when it comes to quarterbacks and how long they play, but, like, he's another year older, Drew Brees, and I know he played well last year, but it's minute. fair to wonder if the burden is increased on the 40-year-old quarterback. Could he handle it? Is he Peyton Manning or is he Tom Brady? I think Mark's original question speaks to Marcus Davenport as one of the most crucial rookies in the NFL this year, that you gave up next year's first-round pick because you saw this guy as the missing link to your to your Super Bowl title hopes. And if this front seven is going to work, they're going to need that outside edge rusher. Cameron Jordan's bringing a lot of pressure from the front, but they need that outside guy to crash the pocket. The one thing on the Ingram four-game ban, I don't know if that's always the worst thing on the planet for no. a team to come back in week five totally fresh. It was great for Tom Brady. I always thought it was like one of the underrated parts of that entire season. And they might them. find a guy like Jonathan Williams can play in his absence. Our uh, old Spice Rack fan. Kamara, for being eight, maybe the most exciting seven, offensive player to six, enter the league since Odell Beckham, five, it's kind of, we four, haven't really talked about him that three, much. I'm excited to see year two. two. Beep, boop, bop, you're done. <laughs> uh, quick aside before we move on. Uh, That's my favorite one. So they far. disdain us. They absolutely no, hate us. not fans show. of our podcast. Um, one quick aside, uh, my good buddy Bob, who works in Tinseltown. Castron. Entertainment business. Yes, he does. Uh, working on a, a show that uh, and comprises um, some type of reality dating component based in Vegas. Uh, Bob reached out to me about whether Spice Rack would be interested in being on a reality dating show. I would pay to watch that. That would be good. I reached out to Spice Rack and was absolutely stunned to learn that the man has been dating a woman and living with a woman for four years. So, what? So he declined it. West he declined the that. opportunity. <laughs> four Spice years. Rack is shacked up. I, I think, this, ladies, hands I, off the merchandise. I knew he had a girlfriend because Spice Rack and I have. Been quietly yeah. developing a, I've a taken weird, a back a weird friend on this one. And I did know he had a girlfriend. Oh. Emma, no more DMs. <laughs> Spice Rack, off the market. Yeah. One uh, question shucks. about when it comes to Bob and Tinseltown. Yeah. Does he have a 
Twitter burner account like Erica does, where she calls herself Ricky Hollywood. (laughs) Rough. It's a rough situation. (laughs) She probably should move away from that. All right, let's get back into it. The Carolina Panthers, Chris Wesley. The Panthers have some luck factors going against them this this year. They were eight and one in close games last year, and they had ridiculous fumble luck. Usually, analytics tell us that evens out. If you were, yeah, well, yeah. Deep, deep search tells us. <laughs> I don't like this term at all. <laughs> that 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 won't happen. You can't count on that. So they're already behind that. They went twenty. They've been twenty-five and two since Cam got there when he has a one hundred passer rating. Their two losses, according to Football Outsiders, were last year both to the Saints. They finished this season: mm. New Orleans, Atlanta, at New Orleans in December. To me, the Panthers can't be expected to repeat last year's playoff run because of those factors working against them. The end of the schedule and the luck factor, the randomness factor, which will probably work against them this year. Mark and I were talking downstairs. It's almost like one of those three and AFC, NFC South teams has to fall hard. Yes. You, they can't stay all at that level. Logically, the Panthers have the, have the best case for being that team that, that does fall off. I agree with you. It's, it's, Easy right now to just kind of shuffle teams into the wild card spot and say we're going to get another three from the south, and it's history tells us that will get completely blown up and not be the case. And this isn't the Panthers' defense of a couple years ago. It's it's not the same unit, but I, I do still see them as a team that could probably beat almost anyone in a given week with some of their some of the skill position players. I they think have. their skill position talent is way better and, than like and I think their Moore, offensive please. coordinator. Should be better. I like the idea. I don't of Cam know about Newton. that. I just like the idea of giving Cam Newton a, a new shot. Shaq Thompson was one guy that really kind of jumped off the screen in the preseason, who had never really had that breakout. He's replacing Thomas Davis for four games on the field every snap, and like just the way they're talking about him, the way he looked, it looked like he might be kind of ready to take that spot and be a star. Can he play left tackle? No, because the offensive line is a big problem right now. Cam Newton with North Turner, probably not a 66% uh, completion that's, percentage. That's your big storyline with this team. Maybe, maybe Norv uh, does, does find something new, with, and, and, and there's somewhere, some way to improve his game that the previous coordinator that was there forever didn't think to look under a certain rock. And then Christian McCaffrey, you know. I mean, he looks great in the preseason. What if Christian McCaffrey becomes one of the top three running backs in the NFC, and then Cam Newton gets better under North Turner as – you know, in a Jim Bob Cooter, uh, Matthew Stafford way. And you Stafford throw in way. DJ Moore. I think that's a big add to this. I wouldn't assume too. they're the team that's going no, to drop in this, in this if, if Cam misses two games because he goes head first into like a pile and, you know, they're starting Taylor Heineke Ten, and then the season's nine, over. I'm not Derek saying, Anderson anymore. I'm not Seven, saying Norm is doomed six, to failure, but the last three five, teams that got rid of him four, got better. Three, okay. <laughs> including last year's Vikings. One. That's Powerful bad, stuff, Dan. You're deaf my favorite. <laughs> But that was good. Uh, all right. The Falcons, uh, per Football Outsiders, Falcons dropped from first to ninth in offensive DVOA last season, second in yards per drive, seventh in points per drive, which is good. Those are very good numbers. Uh, they had the fewest possessions in the league, which is weird and probably not repeatable. Uh, so you got to think about that and how they can improve. It helps to explain why their scoring average dropped so much. But that wasn't the biggest issue. Their biggest issue was how terrible they were in the red zone. They ranked 19th in red zone passing DVOA, 26th in red zone running DVOA, 23rd in total red zone. They were one of the worst teams in football 
in the red zone. Inexcusable, and that goes back to coaching, and that takes us to offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Um, it is fitting that their defense – uh, their offense failed four straight plays to end their season against the Eagles. And I think what this season is about, given their talent level, uh, Sarkeesian's not going to be Kyle Shanahan, but he has to improve his scheme to maximize what's an embarrassment of Richard, riches in uh, Atlanta. My question, will Sark learn from his failures or will the Falcons rue their decision to give their embattled OC another bite hmm. at the apple? I would point to the first year under Kyle Shanahan, where they were not what we remember under Kyle Shanahan. They, they had their issues. And Matt Ryan, who spent most of his career in the same offense over and over, that, that was a period of adjustment. Now, the shift to Sarkeesian's offense was not as drastic on any level. He used a lot of the same stuff. I think they're going to be okay. I think on both sides of the ball, they have a lot of team speed. And those red zone numbers, by definition, will probably go up. I think adding Calvin Ridley to the mix at wide receiver, you got a diverse backfield. I don't know what's not to like about this offense. I think Hooper's going to have a huge year at tight end as well. That's not the problem. It's not the skill, the skill talent, the talent level. And adding Ridley should help. You never know with a rookie wide receiver. But, like, is Sarkeesian the guy – or is he going to hold this team back because he held them back last year? But that's execution, too, on the, in the red zone. It's not just on the coach. But I would say they probably will get better under him versus just worse. you got to have a better option. Minute. And they apparently didn't think they, that there was one out there. They're an interesting case for, like, continuity because other than Ridley, this is just the same team. This has been basically the same team. And I, I think that's great. I like seeing that occasionally in the NFL. Like, this is this should be a year. And one of their guys that's been there, Vic Beasley, to me is the X factor because he went from a defensive MVP candidate to a, a, a liability. So w what is he going to be this year? Yeah, I think when we look at their roster, we always point to Sark because where are their weaknesses? And Vic Beasley is one. He went from being a guy going for the sack leadership to a guy who disappeared last year and also special teams have to be better they were not good on special teams last year and they have one of the toughest schedules in the league this year like, so those are more problems for the Falcons. they're so drama free Ten, like they almost had no nine, position battles eight, they just like showed up seven, they kind of know what their team which is, is boring until you're 12 five, and 4 4 3 2 1 final word goes to Mark there <laughs> yeah Mark you're really gonna have to pick up the pace here <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not untrue. Uh, the Tampa Bay schnucks, Greg Rosenthal. I'm going to get excited to watch this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense when Jameis Winston comes back. But the, the takeaway for me coming out of training camp was that Ronald Jones is probably not going to be the guy to put them over the top during his rookie season at running back. We have disastrous preseason. We haven't yeah. talked about him really, but basically he, he's struggled so much. He hasn't gained yards. He struggled in the passing game. The coaches don't seem in love with him that he's probably going to start the year behind uh, Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers. And so he's not really in the mix. And they were hoping that would give them a little extra juice, a little more balance. Cause I think this could be one of the most highest yardage passing teams in the league. They were really pretty good last year on offense. If the defense had just been uh, even average, I think they have enough on offense at least to get it done. But Ronald Jones isn't going to be helping them out. He was beloved by draft Knicks too. So, I mean, it's just another reminder that no matter what you do in college, you don't know on most of these guys until they take the field in the NFL. And I'm not saying he's going to have a bad career, 
But you're certainly not expecting a big September and October out of this it's guy. It's also funny because people say, oh, you can find running backs anywhere. Don't take him too high. And they took him at the end of the second with their third second-round pick, I believe. Or the top of the second, rather. It's like, no, you can't you, – yeah, you can find them anywhere, but plenty of them don't turn out to be that good. You have to – it's hard to find. This is the team that I spent most of the offseason just ticketing for, like, a 2-14 and 14 campaign. And not to pull too much from the preseason, I'm like that is a getting getting tired of saying that. Anyways, the preseason is what it is. Have a nice time with yourselves. But like <laughs> they rolled over the Lions, they decimated the Lions with their starting offense a couple weeks ago. Super Bowl. No, but it just it, it made me think. Like I, you think a certain way about a team for months and months, and every time you discuss the Bucks, it's an epic disaster. The coaches can be gone by Halloween. I don't know. I mean, the offense, to me, has a lot of parts. There's a lot of the same parts, the reason that we fell right. for them last offseason, are there, and they actually produced on offense last year. They trashed year. the Saints' defense in Week 17 in a game the Saints desperately wanted. And That's they, almost they like the Sam Bradford game at this and, point, too. And, and yes. we haven't mentioned even the defense. J- Jason Pierre-Paul Pierre has reportedly had a great preseason, and they did bulk up on that defensive line. They should be better up front. Maybe I – because last year this time, everyone was ticketing – the Bucks is the next team to rise in the NFC. Now people have gone maybe too far the other way. Maybe they're not as bad as everyone is just ticketing them to be, and they'll be a lot of one in the score mix. losses last right. year. Again, a tough, very tough NFC. I don't think they're going to be necessarily fighting for that division or a playoff spot, but could they be competitive and win around eight games? I would not think that would be insane. I, mean, I feel like every team in the NFC is about to go eleven and five. Someone's they, got they, it. They need to get a the win. Bad, they could really use a win in the Ryan Fitzpatrick games, which are really tough. Because if you start 0-3, it's like your season's over. They really need to get They need a little Fitzmagic. What is that schedule out of the game Ten, for them? Saints, nine, Eagles, eight, Steelers. Stuff. Then at Bears, Five, bye, at four, Falcons. Egon. They're not going to be favored in many games. Ha! The Bucks. Am I right? Next. <laughs> So, Erica, not compelled with the evidence we provided about a potential middle-of-the-road season. Uh, all right. We pause. It's halftime, folks. Uh, everybody get your Gatorade, drink your, uh, eat your orange slices, uh, check your phones. Mark? Break, break out that LaCroix. Get that LaCroix out. Do Ooh, not do yeah. that. I had some lemon LaCroix, i got to say, since we're here, since Greg brought it up. Um, <laughs> and doesn't have the same tang and bite that lime LaCroix does still. Uh, uh, a big leader in the club. I'm not a big fan in general. And, Just drink seltzer water. And, and while really we're here, like bubbles that much. Uh, Mark Pesavento, who's um, a big-time shadowy league figure uh, here at NFL, he introduced me to Bubbly, a new product uh, that has a Champagne? cherry flavor, which is – no, it's also a sparkling water. Really nice uh, kick to it. And I, I might be ready to leave LaCroix for bubbly, but I don't want to make the announcement yet. Well, typically, water whenever the, when these <laughs> Bubbly should be giving us money or at least some bubbly. Yeah, comes when, out of your tap, just drink it. When these campaigns are unfurled <laughs> by If it comes Dan, out of the whale, well, drink it. This, LaCroix no, this is Please put bubbles in my I water. I will get this sentence out. Dan is typically <laughs> – typically all this comes down to is Dan is on a sneaky – Long-range plot to get boxes of LaCroix sent. It's always product that needs to be sent by this phantom straw man company that he's pitching, whether it's LaCroix or hair gel. He got a box of hair gel, like 25 of them. Did you share with anyone? No, just took it right home to his house. I think it could work. Come on, what? bubbly. Why are, you, why are you down on it? That is not my goal. But when people, It is absolutely your you goal. You know why? Because I speak passionately about the products that I love, and these well, people pick fun. up on it, and that's why I get these things sent to me. I, this is not – I'm speaking from the heart, bro. 
Well, I'm, you could care less about LaCroix 12 days ago, and now it's... it's, it's I just didn't know, speak on it until the other day. Stick a pin in that. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this word. interlude, by the way, because we're creeping up to that 60. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to help Greg out here. All right. Here we go, Mark. It's time for you to ban some more words. I am going to ban words, and the only people that are allowed to say these words are Emma, VP, and Erica, because they are completely uncontrollable, and I'm not going to attempt to <laughs> saddle them. Sounds fair. Rain them in on any level. Okay. These are two two phrases. Number one, these are, these are things you'll see in print often on Twitter in response to uh, a story there's typically retweeting something that's that's going viral or what is what is it you call something that's not totally viral Emma mini vi mini vi it go, it's going mini vi potentially <laughs> all right but mm. the first thing when it's a touchy or it's like a really touching type thing involving often a child you'll get all these people retweeting and saying I'm not crying you're crying okay that's got to go that's from a movie I don't care where it came from I don't need to see that on Twitter okay. every time something happens. Because here's the thing. It's, oh, it's, I see. Okay. It's, it's like above right. a thing. And it's not that it's one person came up with it. It's 88 people in a row. I'm not crying. You're crying. And then this is often attached to what absolutely <laughs> needs to go and be deep sixed. And I don't even think that Emma would want to say this typically. She's too creative. All the feels. What? Get rid of that right now. Hmm. All the feels. All the feels is a response? We've seen all the feels oh, yeah, All the there. feels is when s- so something like, heartwarming all the feels. All the Every feels. feeling in the spectrum of right, emotions right. are currently overriding I mean, it, my right. system. Yeah, this isn't going to be like a tough ask for any of us to get rid no, of. But, but I, but you're saying society. I don't at need large. it. I don't need it. I don't a need to see it on my timeline. A grown man should not be writing all the feels anyway. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Thank you for that. Yeah, was listen, that was way, your best we one. We are yet. compiling what essentially is a band dictionary. Not every one of these are yes. going to be grand slams out of the park. That, that a band dictionary. Can well, I yes, offer – this is like 1920s Russia or something. <laughs> my, right my one takeaway from this exercise that you've had for about a week now is that you're basically asking for originality from people. Yes. Or I that think you should quit, you know, quit you know, flirting with it and just quit Twitter. Just well, or, or we <laughs> should have point. a better monitor. A it's a, like, I understand all the feels was funny for like a week maybe. Not to say to me, but to some. But <laughs> it's, it's like it wasn't we're, at, we're into week 28 of, uh, like, or year two of this still being thrown about, and it's a tired jargon. When it becomes tired and it mm. wasn't funny to begin with, you have got to have the self-control not to lean on that phrase, please. MVP, as the only non-old here, what, what is your <laughs> yep. take on, all the on feels. these two? Both super lame, would never say it. Broadcast does not endorse. Thank, Thank you. you. There we go. We're on nice. the same page now. Mm-hmm. We feel uh, <laughs> I feel better about myself now that Emma has okay. Mark was suddenly like a short order cook in the south what? there. I like that. <laughs> and uh, on the subject of things that should be banned. Roberto Aguayo to win it on the last play. 26 yards, and he does. So the Chargers take the last preseason game on the final kick. Roberto Aguayo puts it through, and the Chargers win the game 23-21. to 21. Ban that man from broadcasting. Do you understand the importance in Robbie Aguayo's <laughs> life to hit a game-ending field goal? I don't care if it's the fourth preseason game. It was the 49ers announcer, clearly. It's just, it doesn't matter who it is. You have to understand the stakes of what Roberto Aguayo has been through since being the second-round pick of the Bucks, <laughs> the way he's floundered, the challenges that he's been uh, met with and what he's overcome to be now at a dead heat with Caleb Sturgis for the for the kicker crown for the Chargers and and just wait watch the Chargers make the wrong decision 
and and keep Aguayo, and then Aguayo kills him. But that's for later. For this moment right now, he deserved a really spirited call, and he got banged in a big spot. How about could you give us just a quick glimpse into how you might have called um, that final moment in the game? I'd be screaming my balls off, Sessler. You that's all I've got to say. No, I just want to hear, well, I mean, hear the call. When you, I think it makes sense. I agree with you, and yet on some level it does make sense for the lowest energy possible call would be to be the road announcer on a game-winning field goal for the other team <laughs> in the fourth week of the preseason. Just, it, you're That's not, low uh, energy. It's not asking for much here. I agree with Dan. I do if, agree if with If Roberto Aguayo can rise to the occasion, the least the announcer yes. can do is rise you know to the is? same it's occasion. T- it's Ted Robinson. You I know, know who that is. You know what it says, sounds it up, like Ted. to me? Somebody didn't do their search. <laughs> that, by the way, that has to be apostrophe search. We're not just starting with S, right? The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, which means it's fantasy football season and FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. You know what that is. It's a knockout pool. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance to sign up now. To get that free 250 k Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel, come play with me, nay, us, at FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. Come on, copy. It's got to be an us. We move on. Second half begins with the old Zeuser and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the defending division champions. Oh, isn't that nice? And uh, they've upgraded their quarterback situation. They have Kirk Cousins, of course. They're absolutely loaded on defense. What what a unit. They have several elite playmakers on offense. They're getting back the kid in the backfield, uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, so why can't I shake this feeling uh, that this team and this fan base is like so many of those birds outside U.S. Bank Stadium, soaring, confident, free, and then splat? Hmm. Why do I have a terrible feeling about the 2018 Vikings? And maybe there's no way to quantify that or explain why I feel that way. Yeah, I'm I'm at a loss for how you feel. Does anybody else just have a bad feeling in this Uh, loaded NFC that the Vikings somehow will be the team that's remembered as the big disappointment? I share it exactly. Just because I just felt like I didn't want to pencil in, like, the five great-looking teams all back to the playoffs and with no real reason beside that the offensive line is banged up. Didn't look great maybe to begin with, and Kirk Cousins behind a bad offensive line doesn't get me excited. They were the team I picked to be on the outside looking in. Now, that might be a 9-7 and seven miss the playoffs or a 10-6 and six That miss would be the playoffs, a disaster in But that, that was what I'm picking is them not to make well, the playoffs. For what they have on paper, especially when you look at the defensive roster, that would be an epic collapse for them not to make it. But sometimes the, the issues are internal or they're external. And for me, there's a couple external. A, it's the rest of the NFC, which gets, you know, we've been talking about that the whole show. But you get Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. You're not going to sail through that division the way you did last year. I mean, I think Chicago and Detroit, at least Chicago, seems like they could put up a little bit more of a fight. Like, it's, it, last year, everything sort of went right for the Vikings. Instead of the fact that here's where I like them, it didn't out of the gate. They had quarterback chaos. They had to deal with a lot of quarterback turnover. They lost Dalvin Cook. You're getting him back. So mm-hmm. you can make an argument that they're even stronger, even more star-studded on, on offense. So for them to go 9-7 and seven and be left on the outside, that would be one of the biggest collapses we've seen T-minus by any team in years. Yeah, I can't get on board with the negativity here. 
The one thing I think that separates the Vikings from all the other NFC contenders is that every single meaningful player is in the prime of his career. Who's who's towing the cliff here? Who's on the verge of retirement? Who's in injury risk because he's over 30? Everyone is in like that 24 to 29, 30 range where you're well, the just center, in your prime. The, you know, they lost the guard for the season. One of their starters, Pat Alfine, the center, has been hurt. But you're right. that The continuity, the fact that the defense knows, they all know that system so well. Mike Hughes, their first-round pick, might kind of buck the trend and be a rookie starter on that team as a slot guy, but I view that as a positive, that he obviously looks great to, to play so quickly for a defense this good. You're right. They're all in their prime. They should be good. Dan, quick, any of your concerns about Kirk Cousins specifically? Yes, pressing, bad offensive line, getting paid a ton of money. A little bit. A little bit. Now that was a banger. <laughs> I think that was one of our better ones. All right. Good job by Colleen. Greg, the Detroit Lions. The expectation when Matt Patricia goes to the Lions is that this is a defensive coach. You know, you're going to be a defensive team and build your team that way. But I look at this roster, and it reminds me a lot of the Patriots under Matt Patricia, which was a highly uh, capable quarterback, continuity, and a high-scoring offense – and a defense with a ton of questions. I think if they're going to win, they're going to have to be a team that wins 30 to 25 every week. You know, they don't have a, a great-looking pass rush on paper. Some of their recent draft picks, Jared Davis, their first-round pick from a year ago, I think has been a little concerning in the preseason and even last year. Like, they don't really have that benchmark. And then you look on the other side of the ball, and everyone's been around for a while. And then the backfield with Blunt and Carrion Johnson and Theo Riddick, I love that backfield. Like, I've, I'm with West that if nothing else, this is going to be a fun team to watch. I think when they're playing the Viking, the Packers, like, that's a game that's going to be in the 30s. They're going to give the Vikings defense all they can handle. But I don't know if that's a recipe to go that far in this conference. Yeah, I think – I have a good feeling about the Lions, but in this division, in this conference, they're, they don't have much margin for error. Like you said, their defense, that front seven worries me. I think the secondary might be the most underrated in the NFL because Glover Quinn is the most underrated player in the NFL. But who's starting opposite Darius Slade? They kind of had the same Nevin issue Lawson? year after year, and, and they were hoping to maybe replace him. Tease Tabor? Tease Tabor struggled in the preseason. They've had some injuries there. They, it just They've kind of had the same issues year after year on that side. Do we take anything from the last two games they put on tape? I mean, again, we talked about the Bucks the ripping them up. And then yeah. last night's game, I, I, like, sorry. I'm not putting any I don't, that. actually. I don't care. The individual players like Jared Davis, the reporters saying he struggled a little bit in practice and then he struggled in the preseason. That I worry about, but not necessarily. There were some team. starters on the field last night on their defense when they got absolutely bombed by Cleveland. It was I've never seen a Browns game like that. Again, it's preseason. <laughs> I think I get you were the it, only person that saw it, but I would check it out. Like so Matt Patricia looks. <laughs> no. Matt Patricia looks. It totally, was Baker Mayfield. Looks so totally gonna, beguiled on the sideline over the last three weeks. He looks steamed. Kenny Galladay, uh, a guy ticketed for maybe big things this year. Uh, you have Golden Tate, who's a steady guy that doesn't get a ton of uh, love, but always produces, and Marvin Jones, who's really been a nice player for them. That's pretty good triplet. Uh, yes. Is that one of the Ten, better triplets? Nine, if Gall- if right Galladay is who we Seven, think he is. It's up there. They don't have the five, true, like, dominant four, number one that three, the very best of them two, had, but right. it's up one. there. The Detroit Lions brought to you by some L.A. bozos. Green Bay Packers, Chris Wessling. Over the past half decade, there have been two different Packers teams. There have been the Green Bay Packers and the Clavicle Packers. 
<laughs> the Green Bay Packers fell because, the clavicle Packers. because of the clavicle injury. They missed a chance to become the first team to tie the record for most consecutive playoff appearances with nine. They are 5-12-1 during Aaron Rodgers' absences. This is compared, let's say, to the Vikings, who won the division with a backup quarterback last year. The Cardinals went 5-4 and four with Blaine Gabbert and Drew Stanton down the stretch. Other teams can survive their backup quarterbacks, but I think this speaks to how good Rodgers is, how far that wide receiver core has fallen apart when it used to be the best in the league, and how bad the defense has been. This is not a strong roster. Aaron Rodgers hides a lot wow. of problems. Um, Mark, your boy, Michael Lombardi, uh, put a report out there or said it on his podcast that everyone in the league knows that Randall Cobb is uh, out and on trade bait. He could be potentially cut. Uh, this weekend, uh, that's a pretty precipitous fall by Cobb, and it does highlight kind of what Wes is saying, that they don't have the depth that they used to have. Well, he is what? He's, he's got a high contract. He's, I think it's almost $9 million, and he's got lingering, concerning ankle issues. So I don't, I don't know who's going to be trading for him, but this may be a Packers team that has to ask Mike Pettin's defense to do a little bit more than what these past defenses have done. And they do have new faces on defense. Like, there's a lot to talk about with the cornerback position. Jer Alexander, Josh Jackson, Greg's boy, Kenny Clark. He was texting about him the other day. <laughs> he likes him up the middle. He got Mo Wilkerson. And I think that no, Mike Pe- – well, I'm just saying Mike Pettin Mo- – maybe Mo <laughs> Wilkerson is a one-year deal, but Mike Pettin has more pieces to work with than – Dom Capers did, and I think the removal of Dom Capers has had a nice positive change for the Packers in general. Well, and Patton's he, a good coach, and you had right. You have hope that Kevin King, who was last year's second round pick, and then Alexander and uh, Jackson, who both look really good in the preseason. You kind of figure that Mike Pettin is going to do well with those guys. And then Wilkerson, Clark, and Mike Daniels. That is a great defensive yeah. line. We'll see what Wilkerson adds. For what it's worth, Mike Daniels said, you know, Wilkerson was saying it was the best offseason of his life. He's all motivated to, you know, prove everyone wrong. We'll see. If Jackson and Alexander do play a lot in that secondary, they'll probably have the youngest secondary in the NFL, and they can take solace in the fact that the Saints had the youngest secondary in the NFL last year and turned that defense around. I think Alexander's their starting nickel. Uh, King, who's the second year, is probably a starting cornerback. I mean – I, I think it's a good roster, West. Maybe they they have some holes. If the secondary, you is have an all-pro left tackle. But you're you saying have Jimmy like Graham. you like, think it's a good roster, but you're also counting on Mo Wilkerson, who was the subject of a Brian Baldinger scathing tweet for his effort level. Looked awful in the preseason. Well, so you're year after year, we ticket them for the playoffs. I don't know about this year. I think they're a Super Bowl team. I do too. What? I'm gonna order a pizza. You guys in? <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Mark Sessler. So. From like an optics standpoint, I can't help, and I understand we all hate the preseason, but I this this last four weeks, <laughs> like the whole thing, I feel like Mitch Trubisky. We talk about really yesterday's Browns game again. No, no, I just think that. Am I wrong? Mitch Trubisky is Nate Orchard quiet, really pushing for that roster spot. Quiet August, and I get that Matt Nagy is keeping the playbook Nagy. under wraps, and we're not going to see anything, but. I ask a question for you. If you were building a team today, would you take Mitch Trubisky and what you know about him over a season and one month over any of the five rookie quarterbacks that went in the first round? That's so mean yes. to Mitch. No, I'm just asking where we are with Mitch Trubisky. But yeah. we don't know yet, right? Who, who would you take him over? Lamar Jackson, easily. So let's remove so Lamar it. Jackson from the – let's see the other four. I just would feel you? like learning from the Jared Goff situation – 
I really am giving Mitch Trubisky a bit of a rookie year pass. So I don't know. So no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I just feel like this guy still deserves this season yep. to show what he can do it, with a an actual offensive mind, uh, minding the controls behind him and better better weapons around him. Uh, I think he gets that. Okay, so let me – it's not just to destroy Mitch Trubisky, but I'm asking it more from you. Have a season's of worth of work of what you've seen from Mitch Trubisky. We've seen what Baker Mayfield can do in a short sample size. Sam Darnold. We love Josh Rosen. Like, do, would you honestly take Trubisky over all those players? I don't like the question. Like, we don't have enough data to make an informed opinion. It, I, Trubisky, you can throw out everything that happened last year in that John Fox team. Need to He's going to be coached totally different. They had a horrible wide receiver core. Like – I don't, I don't think you can take anything from last year or the preseason. My, we just have to wait. My concern, though, is it's going to take time for this to come together. People just, like, slot in Taylor Gabriel as a plus starter. At, like, okay, of course he's going to do that. He's been hurt. He's about as lightweight an outside starter as in the league. He had 378 yards last year. Let's not assume he's going to be great. Allen Robinson really didn't show much in the preseason. Is he going to be, like, a, a real number one? Like, they have question marks, I think, beyond Trubisky that make you think it might take a little while to get going. I do feel like we'll get a huge season from Trey Burton. He seems to fit in very well with what they're trying to do. If we get a huge season from Trey Burton, Mitch Trubisky is probably having a good year, I feel like. Maybe. That doesn't guarantee that, but... Roquan Smith is. I didn't realize we had like so many Mitch Trubisky fanboys. I'm I'm just out on like people doubting Mitch Trubisky. It's not just doubting him. I just like I. The, the buzz this, has been so the heavy. Little that like, we know, from the little that we know and just how they were coming out of college, no, I wouldn't take them over any of them. I mean, this in this situation specifically, I think the preseason means absolutely nothing. Like, I'm just not concerned about Matt Nagy not even actually using his offense in the right. preseason he, and then trying to judge Trubisky off He that. barely put him out there. I think – but it's a little bit of an aside, but the Rams and the Bears, I think if they come out strong – Ten, it might have an nine, effect on how teams approach eight, the preseason. Quarterbacks they the really, they Six, really just, five, especially the Rams, four, went another level. Three, two, one. How do you guys think this is going? It's fine. I didn't like that last segment <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, Eagles, NFC East, the defending champions. Easy question. Why would they cut Christian Hackenberg? No, just kidding. It's hard to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. Uh, only one team has pulled it off, what, in like 25 years? Pats, obviously, in the early aughts. Cowboys. Cowboys in the mid-90s. History tells us it's unlikely. Not the biggest concern I have. It's about health, and it's about two guys in particular. Obviously, Carson Wentz is number one on that list. Um, I know he is splitting reps reps evenly with Nick Foles, uh, but the fact of the matter is we're taping this on Friday. We are six days away from the kickoff of the Eagles' season, and Carson Wentz has not been cleared for uh, contact and practice yet. So he is a complete wild card about his availability. Uh, and Alshon Jeffrey is the other guy. He is their top wide receiver, I think. I think well, maybe you can make Ertz. You could say Ertz, even though he doesn't want the uh, – According to Michael Kendricks, that's yeah. the best receiver on the team. He yeah. doesn't want that smoke. He doesn't want that smoke. <laughs> but the best wide receiver is Jeffrey. He was their leading touchdown guy last year. He's going to miss at least two weeks. Could be back week three. Bad shoulder. All right, these guys are both going to return. Um, but are they going to be the guys that the Eagles need them to be in a loaded NFC? And is it more likely that next May uh, we'll be reading the puff pieces that Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey are both thrilled to finally be back to themselves as they prepare for a new season? I think the Wentz thing is obviously concerning just because suddenly you're going to be in the total fray of it. But 
There's also, in terms of the overall team health, I just find every year from like a human angle, we tend to, everyone, overemphasize the first frame of the season, the first four weeks, when so much is typically decided about these teams the rest of the way, that if they can get pretty much all these guys back in good shape by week four, I, the, the coaching staff and the way this team's built and the way that they handled injuries and adversity last year, they lost their left. I mean, they lost a ton of guys last year, too. That I just believe that you want to took a consistency, they'll carry it forward. Will Wentz and and Jeffrey be back by week four? Yes, but how long is it going to take before they what they they are what they are at their height, which was last year? That's the thing that that's, would concern that's me. That's an X factor. Mark's point is well taken. That a lot of times that's overblown, but but Dan's right. Like, are are you sure to recapture your pre-injury form? Will these injuries nag? Will they lead to other injuries over compensation? I, I think there's a lot of questions. And when you look at the NFC contenders, to me, the Eagles have as many questions as anyone. They do. It's a great test for the coaching staff, but they have other ways to win games. You know, they have Jim Schwartz and a deep, deep defensive line. They might feel a little better about their secondary this year with Sidney Jones and Avante Maddox in the mix than they did a year ago. They have a great offensive line, which is a, a great place to start, and I, probably an improved running game at having Jay Ajayi for the whole season Nine, and Corey Clement. Eight, so they like – I'm not – let's six, not cry for them. Five, let's also give a shout-out to Jordan Mailata, the rugby two, superstar made one. good. Henry's boy. You stop it and you stop it right now. <laughs> Look at that. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> like that, Emma. Chris West. Amazingly enough, I think the Cowboys have probably been underappreciated for the most of the last two years. They were 18-6 and six from 2016 to midseason last year. And then all pros Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith were unavailable. And for a team that is built and relies upon all pros to an extent that no other team does, when you lose one of them, the season goes sideways. They've already lost their all-pro center, Travis Frederick. They've lost former all-pros, Jason Witten and Des Bryant. To me, can you count on that 18-6 and six team showing up when you're already starting the season without some of your All-Pros? It's an issue. I mean, Tyron Fair. Smith, if Tyron Smith is right, though, then that is such a big boost along with Ezekiel Elliott that I think it makes up for. And they do have some major points of optimism. Randy Gregory could change their season. He looked better than he ever looked before he was suspended for the last two and a half years, essentially. And if he gives them another pass rusher, that's something they didn't have. And Jalen Smith is going to be starting at middle linebacker, and they think that he's going to be a better player than he was a year ago. And it's quite a surprise even that he is starting over their first round pick. So those are two guys I think that their defense could be a little more have a little more juice than it has. Yeah, and will they ever pull the trigger for Earl Thomas? I don't Another know what we're honestly waiting on at this point to make this happen. It's and one of the sec- most bizarre situations in the NFL. Their secondary forfeit a lot of leads, second-half leads last year. That was a big problem. Is the NFL really going to enter a season and go deep into a season with Khalil Mack and Earl Thomas, two of the greatest defenders of the last 10 years, are just not going to be playing football? Is that I what's happening? Here? I don't buy it. Yeah, Something history tells happen. us this will work itself out. Mac is a soon. is a weird one, but getting up against that deadline now. We are Earl Thomas, especially. I think will be back one way or another. But even Mac, it's like, I don't know. You I think Thomas will be back with the Seahawks though? I don't know. That just sounds about as one of the most discordant scenarios out there right now with what Earl Thomas has said, and and maybe only second to Mac, where they're not even talking. The Packer, the Cowboys traded for an offensive guard last night, Parker Erringer from the Chiefs. So I think that speaks to what you were saying, Wes. They're missing a center, and, you know, we don't know how Zach Martin's T-minus one minute. 
How about the Cowboys as a team of ATN if they've been kind of overlooked a little bit? I, I actually thought about bringing that up myself, but no. Okay. No, of course not. But they're, they'd be more likable than in years past, I think, because it's there's a lot of mystery around this team, and you don't know what's going to happen. I think they're a little more fun to too. watch. Wuze had looks like he could be a, a shutdown corner, had probably the interception of the preseason. I'm here for like an Ezekiel Elliott like run at the rushing yardage record, which I just feel like could happen. Probably won't happen with this offensive line. but The last thing the Cowboys need is another bandwagon riding behind them. And we'd be just another bandwagon. Mm. I'm not jumping on the Cowboys like everyone else yeah, does. Yeah, to, to any listeners that were annoyed Nine, by the spirit of eight, our thing, seven, picking the Cowboys would six, not be a way to We could watch seven or eight primetime games together. We know three, that. Not a remedy. Two. Uh, Wait, how many more of these? Two more. The Washington Redskins, Greg Rosenthal. I, I've talked about that this Redskins team does not have an identity on defense forever. And... It seems like they might have one here in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, two guys who went to Alabama together and who looked great in the preseason. Allen looked like a different player than he did a year ago. And if they come together and they're kind of these two rocks in the middle of their defensive line, everyone else starts looking better. Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan and whatever's going on in the back with Josh Norman. And suddenly the defense can maybe keep up with a Redskins offense that I feel like I've over talked about this offseason, but I think is the most exciting looking Redskins offense that we've seen Greg, in a little while. And Adrian Peterson never. added to that mix. Come on. Who's not? Oh, in? Now you're in. I'm in. I'm in on the Redskins. I listed them as the forgotten team in the NFC East, although I'm not sure they haven't deserved that. They have. They've been one of the worst franchises over the last, you know, I know they, their win loss hasn't always been terrible, but in terms of like consistent mediocrity and bad decisions, they've been up there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a small. What would be the Mount Rushmore of kind of forgettable teams in the last ten years? Maybe the Redskins, the Lions. Yeah, definitely the Lions. Uh, Mount Rushmore of forgettable <laughs> teams. <laughs> the Seems bucket, like it would the be Titans, the, the Titans, Bucks, the Titans. I think yeah. the Bills, the Bills. It right. goes against type to build them around a mountain. Right, Rushmore. exactly. Like, it's, like, it's, it's like everyone. Nobody should, would go to it. No. Right, they try to get it together, and then they're like, "Yeah, let's not buy." How it's about like, the one that's been like that for about twenty-five or thirty years? The Miami Dolphins. Oh yeah. But this is unforgettable. Like, I well, like the idea. Like of selling Alex. tickets for this Mount Rushmore is like, why is no one going to this? Oh, because no one cares about would, the statues. Would anyone be totally shocked if Alex Smith had a comparable or better season than Kirk Cousins? No, 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 no not shocked. No, no. I mean, he's he's. He's going in with a healthy offense. Right. If I think he's better. I think he's a better quarterback. If Jordan Reed well, and Chris Thompson and this whole group is all healthy, I think they're going to be pro- they're going to be problems. I think losing guys makes you not as healthy as you were. You need Adrian Peterson to carry you into December for that to be <laughs> That's not such, an issue. all of a sudden, yeah, Peterson is such a huge part of a team that fancies itself a division contender. It will be really fun to see him in that environment. I wonder if he could still I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing him run <laughs> exactly the same way he ran for the Cardinals last year, except this time everyone said he ran great. We, uh, we usually kind of dog on the NFC East for getting stuck on our televisions every Sunday night. Just They're kind of like the America's division. But I'm in on the NFC East this year. All four teams Welcome to be aboard. seem fun to watch. Like the offenses, they ha- the storylines. I'm I'm with these divisions. So games. they're finally at the, last living up to the billion. The Giants, it's essentially the Giants and Redskins I mean, are no feels longer Feels a little premature to me. To me. <laughs> okay. Ten, nine, I can't believe Wes trimmed his beard. Seven, this is awesome. Six, That's how you know it's you know a great trip. Four, I felt pampered, three, and it was awesome. Two. 
Have some uh, sparkling water no, over there. I'm not cute. doing bubbly Devil water. Devil wants to be on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. How, why did it take so long for the plug? The broadcast podcast. Finally, the New York Giants. Mark Zessler. All right. Dan, you're a part of this one. <laughs> oh, okay. You look at the talent on offense for... G-Men. And it feels like two scenarios exist for New York's... The G-Men. <laughs> Scenario one, with Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Nate Solder at left tackle, Pat Shermer's offense has the requisite firepower to make him a Coach of the Year candidate as... G-Men. Get back to where they were just two seasons ago, the playoffs. <laughs> Scenario two... Demons. are doomed from the start because you can't trust Demons. to reverse fortunes and get back to January play with a 37-year-old Eli Manning at the helm. Per this scenario, fading Eli is much more likely to crash Demons. into the side of a building instead of doing what his brother did, play poorly but win a Super Bowl anyway. Gentlemen, what does your crystal ball say about Demons. You know, Teach? Got about probably 30 seconds left to discuss the G-Men. <laughs> what My, was your question? Well, is it like the, all these parts going to come together? We're going to get an Eli Manning Which that scenario? does just enough to pull them back in the playoffs. Uh, uh. They were there two years ago. Or is Eli Manning the reason all these pretty parts crash into the side of a mm. building? I want to say the latter because that's been, you know, six years worth of my analysis on this podcast. This is really just a question for Wes. <laughs> but I really believe that the talent, the skill position talent, is too good for even Eli to mess it up. And not to get all... That's such a cop-out, by the way. It's not. You that's can't, a, that's no, no, the no, honest no. analysis no, here. I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to set it up where you'll be right if he sucks, but if he succeeds, you will not give him any credit for it. You'll say anybody could have done it. That's not fair, and I don't give you credit it's for it. It's absolutely the case, and it's the way <laughs> if you Eli the throws, with... If you read the defense, if you stay on the field and you make plays, you deserve credit for it. This is going it. according to plan. Eli was carried by <laughs> Odell for three years. His numbers looked okay. He did not quarterback well, and that's what I expect to continue to happen. Right. We'll see how the, the line is, but you know, not to get to Mark Sessler on you. Minute. I know it was the preseason, but Eli Manning looked, was pretty sharp in, in the one looked game that right. he was out there. He, he didn't just look all right. I would say it was the best couple quarters I can remember from Eli Manning. It was just, just a couple wait. drives, mm, but he had a couple wait. throws and he was protected, and I was like, okay, that was that was. Let's see that again. We'll still see. has still we'll has see. the arm. The deep ball looked good. He still I don't, has I don't know if he still has the arm. Hey, he, you, he had one play against the Jets. What a way to go out with a third Super Bowl title over the Patriots come February. Over the Patriots, Wes and Greg. Over the <laughs> Patriots, my dead body and Greg. Well, it's happened twice over your living one. Uh, we still have uh, 15 seconds. I've said my part. That's the last 15 seconds of Eli Manning's fame. Back to your beard, Wes. You were feeling <laughs> pampered when the beard I was being trimmed. did feel pampered. They put a little talcum powder on. They put some uh, Ten, lotion, some nice. splashy stuff. Eight, you look hot. Seven, yeah. seven, it, was, it was fun. Six, uh, I would do it again. Five, four, three, Eli Manning's the best. One. Time's up, bozos. Wow. Um, congratulations, in order. now that we're out of the NFC bracket. Congratulations to... The Baltimore Ravens. Let's go to the Ravens' nest and just give it up. 5-0 and oh in the preseason. Wow. Maybe that's why the nomination came from Chris. The shocking, stunning, head-scratching nomination of Wes of the Ravens. Can't beat 5-0. 5-0. Oh. I had no idea they were undefeated in the preseason. <laughs> Greatest preseason team of all time. I believe Maybe I other lost. teams have tried them, but no one – actually, maybe there could be some six I or lost seven sandwiches players. here because I had, I had ticketed at some point during one of these operations. I think it was a – League, like a NFL record setting four undefeated teams in the preseason, and we did not get that. Mm. 
So I will be. The good thing that no one else even remember. When was that? I have an. I Wait, have why an, am I pointing out my own defeat when none of you even knew it had occurred? I have an idea, by the way. Uh, I'll just throw it out there. I'll just forward you each two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> yes. Okay. Monday, uh, we have a show, um, uh, a, a podcast, and then Tuesday our live show. One of those shows. Do you guys want to? I know this is unprecedented, but just try not to dismiss it out of hand. A second round of nominations for Team of ATL. Just so we have a little bit more to work with, and maybe we can... I don't want us to be jammed into some type of discourse where we're... The way our, our, our po- the politics in our country are right now, we're left and right, and there's no in, in the middle. Maybe we should open it up and throw a couple more teams in the mix and maybe find some common I, ground. I would rather... Bipartisan Team of ATN! I'd rather watch some football. That's what we did initially, and... You can see what you like and see whatever and get a feel of these teams. Watch some real football. I That's what we did for the first three or four years. That would be my thing. I, I don't think right now I'm going to feel any different in the, over the next week. Yeah, I feel like it's the least we can do, literally, um, in, in light of our less than inspiring performance in the first go-round for the nominations, which was a debacle. I, 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 I'm strongly in support of the Falcons still, but I see where this is heading, <laughs> and I know how this works. So I, I, I just want to uh, compromise is what I was throwing out there. I, I know that you. I've spoken to one other member of this podcast about a potential compromise-type team that we both feel we could get behind. That said, I mean, I just go with the flow on this exercise, and I would be fine waiting a little bit before we pick a team that looks like a – Right, we're not going to absolute nightmare. You think we're going to pick it before week one? You're saying we have. I mean, if you want to change the rules, we can talk about that too. But I, I think maybe it's if you want to like in the spirit of it, maybe we nominate teams, and then we from that group that we nominate, we could let it breathe a I'd little bit into that. the season. So like maybe it. we. I'd be down with that. A, a double compromise. Sure. Double compromise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm with Mark. I'm along for the ride. Pick whoever you want. Okay. Cool. I doubt I'm going to step in it. I feel good about my second nomination, though. I'm not just it's not just some right. throwaway candidate. I, I look forward to I look it. forward yeah. to hearing it. Uh, and finally, apologies to Mitch Trubisky for what happened on the. Uh, I should apologize. What I set up a question that was just an absolute disaster, according to the rest of the room. And <laughs> I've got to, as the soundbite said, pick up the game a little bit, please. All right, we're very excited. Uh, next time you hear from us, we will be God willing on the other side of the country um, or the world or. Or the world, excuse me. We will be going (laughs) to the other side of the country. Then over the great pond that they call the Atlantic into England. We're so excited. So make sure to say hi to us if you see us there. Uh, But until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman with his trimmed beard. The old boss. And Emma VP behind the glass. We'll miss you, Emma. Miss you so much. Mm. Till London! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.